Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Today, I'm Lex, and I'm hosting with Jeff Newbarth and Amanda Balionis joining me, who were two huge participants in putting together Sunday's incredible match or match sequel with Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi. Now, before we get started, Lex, can I just... Can I have yes, the floor? Yes, please, please okay. have the floor. <clears throat> Sorry, Why Jeff. Why do I feel I like to... I'm being set up here? I hate to do this to you, but not really. Happy birthday <laughs> to really? you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear new Barth. Happy birthday to you. You can't get mad at me because I'm holding Tito. <laughs> and we're live. So and we're live. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I aged a lot this weekend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Of, you're, both back, you're both back on the West Coast after having just an incredible weekend and a match. What has the feedback been like for both of you, Amanda? Let's start with you. I, it was incredible. And I never really think about the amount of people watching because I think if I thought about it, I would have a panic attack, a nervous breakdown and not be able to do my job. Um, so I wasn't, all I was focused on was let's make sure we're getting the best out of these four guys, right. On the golf course, conversation wise, trash talking, all of that stuff. So when I off the golf course and looked at my Instagram and all of a sudden I had like 5,000 new followers and same thing on Twitter. And I was like, Oh, this is actually, this was a next level thing that maybe I've never experienced in my career before. And then the ratings come out. And my head exploded because you just, I mean, you understand that right now, a lot of people are looking for an escape, right? From all of the, the really hard things that are going on. But the entire country, it seemed like, was watching. Like anyone that's a sports fan, even if they weren't golf fans, were tuning into this. And I think that was where it separated itself from anything else I've ever done in my career. Um, just the amount of people that were watching and had fun with it, even if they had never watched a golf tournament in their lives before. I, I really feel like we talk about growing the game a lot, but no one can quite figure out how to do it. And I think that one match grew the game exponentially in a way that I don't know if could ever be done again, just because everyone's home with, with really nothing to do. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, for you, you've produced, you know, Olympics, NBA finals. How did this compare to those experiences? Well, I mean, it was like nothing else. Um, first thing I want to say just to get back at Amanda is my highlight was uh, was getting to see Eldrick. <laughs> oh, please elaborate. I'm waiting. <laughs> anyway, um, look, you know, the, the, the challenge of this whole thing, and, and I don't want to harp on it too much, was was the safety protocols. There, there were so many different safety protocols that thankfully Warner Media put into place to ensure the, the team I was working with safety, the announcer's safety, the player's safety, the club's safety. So that, that made it, I don't want to call them challenges uh, or obstacles. I, you know, it was just more like just things you had to deal with. And every day, you know, people were, were temperature checked. Every day, you know, I mean, I took multiple different COVID tests. Um, I actually took one post the match uh, just so they could track on, on the way back. That was something that was kind of optional, but I felt I owed it to do it. But you know, the, the, the thing that, that was just amazing was just seeing this crew rise together. 
and look, Steve Bime is, is as great a director as there is in TV. He did an amazing, amazing job with very little resources. Didn't show on the screen. And then when you add water into the mix, you know, we had this great plan of having these in-cart cameras and all the audio for the players. All of that was buried in the guts of a golf cart. Well, that got soaked. And normally you would just send a team of 20 people to go run and attack that golf cart. You can't do it. You had to do it when, when Tom Brady was 20 feet away from the golf cart and only one person at a time with gloves and masks and, and trying to do, you know, a lot of work in, in very challenging conditions. So, um, you know, I lost a bet uh, over the weekend and the bet was ratings related. And uh, that's why I've returned to some social media. Um, I'm going to get up on that right away. But, you know, I said, I said kind of the message I want to just keep saying is, is my hats off to, to that entire crew, everybody out there. I mean, Amanda was out there getting soaked, um, not as much soaked if she didn't steal my jacket, but, but just completely <laughs> soaked. All those camera operators were getting soaked. The, the audio team, uh, Jonathan Evans, who I really don't care if he gets soaked or not, because he was just out there queuing players, but it was just an amazing effort and surreal just seeing the feedback um, and, and the people who are complimenting you on it. And it's, I'm just touched and uh, excited to have been a small part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, 5.8 million viewers, it was the number one program of the day and over $20 million donated to charity. I mean, it was a yeah, huge that's the impact. Most important part, $20 right. million. Yeah. So how did you guys, you know, prep for the, like the in competition narrative, basically. Amanda, you got the chance to talk to players as they're playing. You don't usually get to do that. What was that like? Yeah, no, it was awesome because here's the thing. And this is like, I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a second. Everyone watched this broadcast and it was awesome, right? Like I could sit there and ask Phil, Hey, you're not playing well right now. How do you adjust mid round when you're having bad golf shots? And he's answering, right? Like that is like very cool. Being able to tee up, you know, Phil and Tiger trash talking each other before the longest drive, you know, contest for them. Um, And everyone's saying, well, this is the kind of stuff that we need in in a regular PGA Tour event. Like that, you're never going to have them in that casual of a mental state with two guys from other sports there to keep them loose. And by the way, like they know the big thing is not winning or losing. They know the big thing is that all this is for charity and to provide you know, entertainment for people who desperately need it at home right now. So it was so cool because we saw them in an element that we're not used to seeing them in. And that is, they weren't out there to beat everybody and win something, which is what their job is. Like they're, they were out there in such a more informal way. Um, So it was really fun because I knew I could approach them. Like we had talked about it before we went live. I'd say, Hey, Tiger, Phil, here are the holes. I'm going to come up to you. And this is what we're going to talk about. And they were like, we love it. Let's do it. So like, it just, it was, it felt like we were all one team rather than you are the players this week. We are the media and we kind of have to coexist. Um, So I thought that was like one of the most fun parts is that we could tee them up and ask things that as a fan at home or if you're at home, you want to know the answers to. And you usually can't do that because they're out there doing their job. And we could actually ask them those questions. How do you make those mid-round adjustments? Phil, how are you going to hit this shot? It's really tricky from just off the green. And he's going into like full description about it. Um, so that was absolutely one of the coolest parts was just being able to stand there and feel like we were all in it together rather than I want to stay out of your way because you're doing your job and I have to do my job. And you know what I mean? And sometimes mm-hmm. that, that, can, that can provide tension. So um, yeah, Jeff, had, Jeff was really good at, at making sure that everything happened in a fluid way. So like Brian Anderson would set up what the challenge was on each hole. 
what the money was, um, you know, all of those things, like the important like nuts and bolts of it. And then, you know, Jeff told Brian, okay, then you're gonna throw it down to Amanda and you're gonna get the trash talking going. So like, I was just the facilitator. I was the vehicle to get the trash talking going if it wasn't already existing. But honestly, by the back nine, I barely talked because I didn't need to. And that was amazing. Like, you don't want to hear from the announcers. You want to hear from the four goats plus JT. And so I thought that was, it was a really good balance of that. Like we were there when we needed to be. And then when we didn't need to be there, we just let them do their thing, which is I think why so many people love the broadcast. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of JT, you know, Jeff, you had an incredible crew to announce this match. What was it like managing that? We got to see a lot more behind the scenes this time around with the tarps in between, you know, Charles and everyone. Um, What was that like for you? Oh, I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, look, when we were planning match one, Justin Thomas was the first target to be in the 18th tower. Like Amanda knows him way better than, than I do him going into this. And I mean, he's just special and he gets it. All the players love him. All the non-golfers love him. Um, what's ironic, Amanda, is he actually gave me a bottle of something different than what you have, but actually have it, unlike what you have. And his name's on it because he has his own custom little Woodford Reserve, which I will be I know, so trying cool. later. I cannot wait to have some of that later tonight. But um, in all seriousness, you know, Amanda was the most amazing teammate. And you don't always see this in broadcasting where she knew that Justin was going to get on the air more than her. And that didn't bother her one bit. And not only that, she made sure that Justin was completely set up to succeed because we did a rehearsal and it would have been very easy to say like that rehearsal didn't go great because, you know, we were just all learning and trying to figure it out. And then Amanda and Justin on their own went out there with four members of the club one of them was Olin Brown's son Olin Brown Jr. who's amazing in his own right playing golf but they did like six hole rehearsal just the two of them and that's what made the difference that was Amanda being selfless and being you know the best teammate she could be for the show Justin being vulnerable and understanding like I need to do this to to be at the level I want to be at which was amazing Um, but yeah and Chuck what once you get Chuck in a room I mean Amanda experienced it we had one production meeting with Chuck and it was probably one of the highlights of, of, of the entire week, which was 15 minutes of Chuck being Chuck. And just even, you know, the way he greeted Eldrick. Morning, um, okay, we got to we gotta let people in on this. So I'm dying I don't know if to I know. can say it. I don't we know won't name names, but no. there might have been an announcer on the broadcast who, on a group text, his friends, their friends told this announcer, every time you say Eldrick, we'll finish our drinks at yeah. home watching. Wow. So there might have been a drinking game involved, <laughs> which is totally fine. Does and it still now, stand right now? I, I, apparently it does, because here I'm I am finishing my drink. <laughs> I'm going to do the big bottle of Tito's with it right now. But uh, no, it's just uh, the, the great thing about the whole announced team was, look, we said it from the get-go. The most important things are the charitable component, raising as much money as we can, and hearing from these four players. And that's really easy to say, and it's really easy to sit in a meeting and nod, and for play-by-play announcers, and you know, for Brian and Trevor and Amanda and JT and Chuck to be like, yeah, we're not, but they they literally, you know, follow the script to a T in terms of like, when they're talking, don't talk. When they're not talking, either Amanda and JT prod them to talk, or when it gets tense at the end and they're really trying to compete and win, which they were from about that 14th hole on, mm-hmm. um, then we needed to be a little bit bigger and fill in and set up the drama. Uh, Jeff, I do have a question for you because I was just asked about this on Colt Nose uh, radio show. And I was wondering, because I know what my reaction was. When JT said, Chuck, your fat ass can't dump. What were you thinking of the truck? Because JT looked at me immediately like, was that okay? And I looked at him like, well, it just happened. 
So now well, we just so move forward. It's live. <laughs> yeah. So I, I honestly, I just, I laughed. I laughed as hard as I could at that point. And he said to me in talk back, which for those, there, there's a way that the announcer can talk to us on the truck without it being on the air. He goes, hey, did I cross the line there? I said, no, I don't think you crossed the line there. I said, but you came pretty, pretty close. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't the worst language we heard during the day. Thankfully, the person at Turner who was uh, plunging the, the audio did a, did a wonderful, wonderful job. Seriously, that is like, that person deserves the MVP because yeah. it was the amount We're not going to say who, but it was, it was out there. Censored. Yeah, but just, I mean, that, that, but that's what made it good. You know, again, we wanted the audience to have fun. And, and we said, you know, I was lucky enough to get to meet with all the players on Saturday in a really small group to kind of tell them the vision of the show. And, and look, I had a really strong vision of the show with Craig Berry's help, with everyone at Turner's help, with Steve Vimes' help. Um, and, you know, it's very rare that the vision gets executed exactly as you want it to. And honestly, it kind of did. It was exactly what every viewer expected from any of these one-offs. It really was. And like, it's so much easier to say than it is to execute it. And, you know, and we, we saw that, right? Like, Jeff, the first you know, 30 minutes of that broadcast after guys had teed off and like the mics weren't working correctly yet because we were being flooded. Like technology is difficult when, when those types of conditions happen. Like yeah. I know people's immediate reactions were like, oh, look, it's going to be another failed attempt to do something cool. And you're like, but we're out here trying. So even if it doesn't work right now, like guys, you have one shot at this. Like no one's ever done anything like this before. So if it doesn't work, like you're really putting your neck on the line, especially when you talk about it leading up to the match. Like the expectations were so high that I think people were just waiting for things not to work. And then, I mean, when Tom pulled out after Chuck talking all that trash and Brooks throwing in a hundred, I think everyone was like, this is exactly what we have been waiting for for so many years. And, and it finally came into fruition. And it was cool to see people not be able to say anything bad about it you know and that's and that's and that's why i didn't uh that's why i said i aged quite a bit over the weekend because i was, <laughs> was living that all thursday friday saturday sunday morning as I'm, I'm staring at the doppler radar trying to make sense of it i felt like i was a weather person for a while but. because there's only so much you can do with you can do as many dress rehearsals as you want it was 90 yeah. and sunny like, i was gonna we say saturday was nature. beautiful yeah and look, Every day and look, and I, I i fully admit i fully admit i'm not uh, you know, Amanda's probably better to answer this, but I'm not as intense or I'm not as focused on a rehearsal as I am during the show. You know, during that rehearsal on Saturday, like I, I've really, it's something I need to work on and get better is I can't simulate the game. Um, so one of my funny Tom Brady experiences was I asked him a question in these kind of one-on-one -on -one meetings. And I said, hey, can you do that again? Because I just didn't like the way he said it. And he goes, in football, we don't get two chances. And it's kind of funny because I was thinking that same thing as we're going on the rehearsal. I'm like, well, I actually do get two chances. But if he's thinking he only it's, – it's really just about – it was the walkthrough and then it was the game. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I, I felt – but it was funny. Once we started, and I sort of had this, you know, about 2.40, we made the call that we're, we're when the tea time was going to push to. Um, and then from there, it was just like almost like a calm. And it's like, all right, now we're doing this. And it's like, follow the yeah. plan that we were ready to execute. And I knew that, that I mean, that's the, the great thing of having Steve sitting to my right. And he was like 12 feet to my right, which was mm -hmm. really weird for me. Um, but, but, you know, we knew we had a good plan and, and, and thankfully we got a chance to execute it. Yeah. Before we get to some, you know, viewer questions, that is something that like a lot of people who haven't been on TV or like worked on that side, don't really know that when you have weather coming, like you prep for these, 
rain delays, right? Yeah. Or what yeah. not? Like well, you know that there's there's something to be done, and you can't just put the guys out when it's when they're going to be stepping in puddles. Yeah, yeah I mean, I my mean, my biggest concern was was that it was just going to rain. I mean, look, you know, this is a this is a thirty five page document of everything that was going to happen in different scenarios, and that's for one tea time scenario. Then there's this other one here that's another rain plan if we were at another potential tea time. Mm -hmm. So you know, we had stuff ready, but for Amanda and 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 you know the talent, it's really hard because you have to put full trust in us that because ultimately at the end of the day, if if that forty minutes was was really really bad they're the ones who are going to take the brunt of it. Not, not, not me, you know, internally I'll take it, but in, they're the public faces of it. So they have to be vulnerable and BA and, and Chuck and Trevor and Amanda and Jay, they have to trust us. And the players had to trust us that we knew what we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and that's where all that, that prep work and everything, you know, kind of gets into it. And you also just have to be ready to go with the flow. Like when things don't work live, you can't panic because you're live and you got to keep it going. You know what I mean? So like, I think that is the one thing like you can prepare and practice and rehearse as much as you want to, but yeah. when game time comes and you guys all know this, it is Murphy's law with live television. It's going to always work perfectly in dress rehearsal and in practice. And then the minute you go live things that things start to go wrong that have never gone wrong. I mean, that happens with, mm -hmm. with us, with the smart cart sometimes like we'll rehearse something a hundred times before I do my hit. And then right before we're about to go live, something, something glitches and you're like, what the heck? Like it's, but you're live and you just got to roll with it and go with it. And I think that is what separates people who are really good at these jobs, like Jeff and, and that whole production team from, from others that you can't panic. You got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to roll, like just roll with it and move forward and believe in your team and trust everyone that they're going to figure it out. It, even if it doesn't look like what we talked about it looking like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, luckily for you guys, you are all in very good hands. Let's get to some viewer questions. Um, Dave Torg wants to know, what is the likelihood of this format happening again or even on the tour? We, I think we gotta get away from this. What's the likelihood of this happening on a, in a PGA Tour event? Guys, this is so different than a full field event where guys are playing for their careers. Like, this this was something so fun and irreverent and for a greater cause and you can't have those guys i mean jeff no i mean i'm sure you guys saw it on television the mic packs on their bats like they they weren't ideal for playing but those guys all did it because it was for a greater cause right like but phil mickelson tiger woods they're not going to play with those types of packs on their back when they're trying to compete to win for the 45th or 83rd time on the PGA tour. You know, it just, it's not, that's just not going to happen. Now, now are there some elements that maybe we can take maybe. Right. But I, I think, I, I don't know, Jeff, what do you think? I mean, uh, you know, my prediction is at some point in the next couple of years, Amanda will be doing more live interviews during play. Um, but players have to be but, on board with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I think at some point, I, at some point they, they will, um, and, and that may be, you know, a little bit earlier in the round. It may, you know, you know, look, you're never going to get like the Thursday, access Friday. like we had. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just to help build the event up or whatever. Yeah. Um, or it could be something, you know, in a digital feed that's going on or maybe on the range or something. Um, uh, but by, by the way, that, that was one of my favorite parts of the broadcast that, that completely got, you know, overlooked because of all the other stuff we did your, your interview with the four of them on the range before we started. <laughs> 
just set the tone for the whole thing and like let me know like all right these guys are are in a good frame of mind but yeah i think you'll start to see elements of it um you know it's 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 impossible to do with 144 players it's it's yeah. impossible to do with with all that's on the line um but you know i mean we, we've done two of these who knows maybe we get lucky enough to do a third well, I think yeah. everyone is hoping for some sort of third match. Um, Min wants to know, besides Phil, were there Callaway clubs out in the field? Jeff? Pey- Peyton Manning, full Callaway yeah. bag. Peyton had 13 Callaway clubs. He had a uh, Maverick driver, fairway, hybrid, uh, the Maverick Pro irons, jaws, wedges. Um, and I talked to him about it on Saturday, and he said he recently switched to them. Uh, and just found them so much better than what he was playing before. Um, and, and Peyton Manning plays a lot of golf. So that was really, really encouraging. Tom at one point had a Maverick driver in the bag, but uh, fun fact, Phil took the driver out of Tom's bag. Phil, Phil, I think if it was up to Phil, Tom's longest club would have been about a five iron um, <laughs> to, to have in the bag. It was, it was pretty crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, he had no driver in the bag. That was No driver in the bag. Me. Because yeah. wow. at one point, Ian Baker Finch texted me and said, can, you pl- can someone please tell Tom to pull the driver and swing it hard? And I go yeah. to Tom, I'm like, Ian Baker Finch is telling me, this is when he was struggling in the beginning. I'm like, Baker Finch is telling me to tell you to pull the driver and swing it hard. He thinks it's going to fix you. And he goes, Amanda, <laughs> would love to. Don't have one in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed. Oh my gosh. Carol wants to know how much money was raised from auctioning off the golf carts. Do we have that yet? That's a great question. You know, I don't have it. Uh, I believe that's part of All In. So if you want to go to uh, Michael Rubin's amazing, amazing charity, All In Challenge. um, And we'll we'll, we'll try to figure that out. But yeah, those golf carts. uh, It's funny, Peyton was telling Amanda and I he was going to buy his. um, Because they were were just, they were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. They were. Um, KChad12 wants to know if you think this was fair with Tiger playing at his own course or his home course, not his own course. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, all I can really relate it to is how often on the PGA tour we have players who are playing, come back now as professionals and play their home courses or courses that they grew up around. And very rarely does that translate into a PGA tour win. Um, and I think, just because for whatever reason it it just doesn't often translate and also now you put in the fact that you have two ams playing alongside you in a format where you're relying on them you still got to execute the shots no matter how well you know that golf course um and you saw it i mean phil i mean phil and tom came back you know i mean it, it was down to the 18th hole so it wasn't like it was a complete beating um you know just because tiger was more familiar with that golf course so no, I don't think it was unfair. I think if it if they truly felt like it was unfair, it would not have been held there. <laughs> yeah, I would think if you go back and listen to um, Phil's podcast we did with him last week that came out on last Friday, Phil said Tiger had to do that because Tiger needed every advantage he can because Phil won the first match. So no problem at all. The only thing I, I just have to say is if we end up doing a third match, can we please find a place where it won't rain? Can we go to a desert <laughs> somewhere? Please. Seriously. Anywhere. I can't, I can't take that again. You I'll can't take it again. Word. I'm, my shoes are still wet. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let, let's get into that. So Amanda is, is in our production meeting and um, am I allowed to say the sponsor of whose clothes you had on? Okay. So our good friend, uh, good friends of 4A Golf uh, provided Amanda with a great outfit. And what I noticed about Amanda's outfit is she didn't have any rain, rain gear. 
So, um, you know, the club did not have any women's rain gear. So luckily, uh, our good friends at Travis Matthew had just sent me a brand new rain jacket because um, I called them in the week because I, I had brought one, but I think I needed something like a little more severe for the downpour. And uh, so my was jacket I the only uh, one? Became... Were me and Peyton the only ones that didn't know that it was going to rain? Because yeah. yeah. we were both in sure. the pro shop at Metalist trying yeah. on rain gear and we were, yeah. there were no women things that were going to fit me. And he is a large man. So he kept yeah. putting on rain jackets and they look like crop tops on him. And he was like, yeah. he's like, Amanda, can I wear this? I'm like, no, buddy. You no. can't wear that. No. So, so, so Amanda, Amanda uh, took my rain jacket and, uh, and it, it kept you dry, right? It, it did better. You know, yeah. Oh, way better, better than what? Yes. Yes. Cause your original plan was not going to work so good. No, but also there wasn't, unless you were going to wrap me in a bubble, there was no way yeah. I was staying dry, period. I mean, it was, <laughs> no. it was the most insane downpour. I, I mean, it was coming in sideways into the golf cart, yeah. so there was no reprieve, but yeah, they got, it was they, awesome. They got 14, inch, 14 inches of rain over 24 hours down a medalist. Insane. Crazy. That is nuts. I'm looking, we're getting a lot more listener questions on here. Do we have any from Bill, Ma do we have any from Bill from, uh, from Dallas? Cause uh, I don't, I don't our see good a friend Bill, Bill McAtee, Amanda is, uh, is tuning in. He just sent a text. Hmm. Hi, Bill. Hi Bill. Miss you, Bill. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Foray, our good friends at Foray said, Charles Barkley, biggest winner of our affection? Question mark. Dude, you can't not. I see. I actually think Justin Thomas was the biggest winner of this. Chuck was awesome, but everyone knows how awesome Chuck is. And he was the same guy on our broadcast that you get to see on, you know, the NBA TNT pregame show, which he, he was exactly what I think we were all hoping he would be. I even told Jeff before JT went live, I'm like, he is awesome, but expect him to be nervous and shut down when he goes live. Cause that's what usually happens. And I, I was so pleasantly surprised that I could not have been more wrong because he was the exact same person that he is just off the course. He was that same guy, which I think is rare. So I think people got to see a side of him that maybe they didn't know really existed. If you only watch him as, you know, as a competitor on the golf course. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think obviously the number one winner was, was, was COVID relief, right? $20 million. That's, that's, that's number one, but, but below that, um, I think the likability factor across all of America for all four of these athletes and JT and ever, honestly, everybody in the announcer crew grew, grew big time. Just like Amanda said, with, with the number of, I think I picked up two followers since the show. So I mean, that's, that's huge for me. <laughs> well, nobody um, knew that you were on social media. To yeah, begin with, but now we do. No, I know. I know. And I, I think it's a year commitment. So um, I got to get busy on it. But um, yeah, it was just one of those weird things. But no, it, it's, it's you know, definitely the, the down the road, you know, like if you think about this, like when people talk about Tom Brady, they're going to talk about holding a shot from the fairway and saying, suck it, Chuck. You know, that's, that's just now part of the narrative with, with Tom Brady. Um, and, and it just, it just was at the, it was at the kind of the perfect storm at the right time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I won't keep you guys too much longer, but there is a contest through callawaygolf.com slash the match to win a Callaway staff bag that is signed by yeah. all four participants in the match. Really cool. So if you guys haven't entered it, make sure you go check that out. We also have something really cool coming tomorrow on callawaygolf.com. So keep an eye out there. If what you is it? Listen, I can't tell. 
Oh, I'm not allowed to say, but it's something know, Amanda, really back, awesome. Back in the day, we'd give it away. Now we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, things, you guys have changed in the last I'm trying time. to keep my hosting seat, okay? I'm, I'm still yeah. a little new here. Um, you but can if have you it, didn't, <laughs> I already have another one. Check out Girls in Golf. Little shameless plug. Um, anyways, you guys can follow Amanda at Balionis on Instagram and Jeff at Jeff Newbarth. Please give him lots of followers. We all want to see what he has to say on social these days. Um, but Jeff will be joined by somebody new on Thursday, possibly from the match, I believe, unless I'm getting this wrong, in which I hope I didn't let you yeah, guys down. <laughs> if not, Jeff, just call me in and I'll come on again. <laughs> Excellent. Everybody. You know what? You know what? As all, all I'll do is we'll, we'll just talk about Eldridge. Oh my goodness Dang gracious. It. Oh. Well, happy birthday, Jeff. I hope you guys enjoyed this Cali Golf Podcast. See you Thursday.